I, I hope you're thinking that something different can happen tonight. I, I, I know some of you, you walked in with expectations. Many of you walked in with, I already know how this is going to roll. We're going to do a little bit of singing, you know, and um, Steve's going to get up and and say a bunch of words, and we're going to sing again, and then we're going to head down to the gym, and I get to play. And I know many of you had some kind of preconceived ideas of how this thing was going to roll tonight, but I have, to, I have to lean in a little bit, and if I could shepherd you just a little bit, allow me to pastor you, like this is a moment that God could change your entire perspective, one about who he is, and even how you relate to him. And so this could be a very big moment tonight. It really can. And what it really comes down to is, are you ready to hear it? Is your heart ready to hear it? Is your mind ready to hear it? I mean, are you, are you prepared? So I want to challenge you in this moment. I'm going to give you about 10 seconds. I'm going to just let it be silent for about 10 seconds. And I just want you to, in your heart, in your mind... Whether it's saying a prayer to God, but I want you to think like just between you and God. Are you ready to hear what he has to say tonight? Not necessarily what I have to say, but are you ready to hear what he wants to hear? And maybe you're just in the silence of the moment. You just say, Lord, I'm ready. I'm going to give you 10 seconds. Some of you are like, that is a long 10 seconds. I actually counted down in my head. It was great. Um, are you familiar with the old hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness? Can somebody sing it for me? Oh, <laughs> you're like, no, wait, I was Steve. You're supposed to sing it. You're the one with the microphone. Did anybody, anybody want to try singing it? You want me to start it together? Here we go. Great is thy Keep going. Great is thy faithfulness. The next line is really important. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. Good job. Good job. Y'all are so good. So good. So this morning, this morning, if you, if, I mean, if you've seen my day in the life, you know, video I made, uh, like this morning I got up before dawn and it was really amazing this morning. Because uh, there was a moon rise literally 30 minutes before the sun rise. And if you saw it this morning, it was like this incredibly huge moon. It was like a crescent moon. And it, it, I mean, from where we, like in our kitchen, there, we have a window that goes out to our backyard. And you can see the sunrise through the houses. And you could see, it was like perfectly, the moon came up. And literally 30 minutes later, the sky started lighting up, and there comes the sun. You know, so I did a little research, because that's what you do, um, and you go to Google. And I said, hey, Google, um, or Siri, whatever you want to say. Wait, hold on, don't, my phone. I was thinking about my phone. Um, like, what are the top 10 places to see a sunrise? That's what I Googled. Top 10 places to see a sunrise. And, lo and behold, there was an article, right, that they, uh, and there were three in that list that really caught my attention. And here's the first one. The first one is the Grand Canyon. How many of you have been to the Grand Canyon? All right. It's still on my bucket list. I've flown over the Grand Canyon, but I've never been to the Grand Canyon. It's on my bucket list. But they say this is one of the top places to see a sunrise. 
Here's the next one. The next one, does anybody know what that is? Sydney's got it. Machu Picchu in Peru. And for all of our uh, Peru mission trip people, that was one of the, the places I was like, okay. Um, the next one blew my mind. This was a very secular website. Here he goes. Anybody know what that is? It's rocks. That right there, my friends, is Mount Sinai. That is Mount Sinai. And if you know anything about biblical, like history, Mount Sinai, if you're doing the one-year Bible in your quiet time, they're talking about all the things that are going on in Mount Sinai. Moses goes up there, the glory of God falls. That mountain is a very real mountain, and there it is. And it is one of the top 10 places, according to this secular website, of where you can see the sunrise. And here's my point with this illustration. Creation speaks of God's faithfulness all the time. All the time. And that's the fruit of the Spirit that we're studying tonight, is faithfulness. You know, we've gone through this Galatians 5 uh, passage where we're talking about the walk in the Spirit, and those things are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Y'all know that. Some of you, if you've been around church, you probably sing the song. The fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut. Fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut. <laughs> Anybody know the next line? If you want to be a coconut, might as well hear it. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Oh, yeah, sorry, I'm dating myself. That is so wild. But here it is. Faithfulness. We're talking about faithfulness. And when I got to this word, it really, it really kind of boggled my mind as to exactly how do I know, how can I experience God's faithfulness on a regular basis? And it just literally dawned on me, no pun intended, but kind of cool. It literally just dawned on me that every single day, God displays his faithfulness to all of mankind. And here's what's sad, many of us never see it. We, many of us never see it. He began that the very beginning of time in Genesis 1. He created a sunrise, the very first one. And guess what? It hasn't stopped rising. Not one time. It rises every single day. And that is a clear picture of God's faithfulness to mankind. He is not absent from you. He is present wherever you go. He is faithful to you no matter what. That's point number one. God is faithful no matter what. And once we understand that about our God, that he is faithful, that is his character, that is his nature, that is who he is, no matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter where you go, he is faithful. He's trustworthy. He's constant. He's immovable. He does not stop. And y'all, that should blow your mind. The, the realization that he's always at work, 
He's always doing something. His faithfulness shows up every single time. And guess what? We don't. He is faithful no matter what. But sadly and admittedly, we don't. We're not. And here's what's wild. I got four things for you. One, he's faithful in my wandering. This is a picture of the Old Testament. The Old Testament is a picture of God's people who were delivered out of Egypt and were slaves to Pharaoh, and he used Moses to declare, let my people go. And the Pharaoh let them go, and when they got to the desert, they wandered. Why did they wander? It's because they were unfaithful. But here's the truth, is that even as they wandered in the desert, he was always there. He never left. He never stopped. You know what? You and I are prone to wander, aren't we? We're prone to wander. We get so distracted so easily. We run. We're going. We're scheduling. We're doing all of those things. We are prone to wander. We're just like those Israelites back there in Egypt. But guess what? He is faithful. You know, he's faithful not only in our wandering, he's faithful even in our doubts. I mean, this is in our brain, right? These doubts that come up. We doubt God so many times. We doubt God so many times. And our brains, we just get to that spot where it's like, did God really say that? Did God really do that? Did God do, say that? Is God really faithful? There's so many doubts that creep into our hearts and into our minds. I wonder, and I doubt. My doubts, some of you doubt. I mean, I, in my life, I've had those kind of doubts. And I know many of you have had doubts, probably because you're, you're going through a trial or you're going through a hard time or you're going through a suffering moment, a persecution type of experience. And many times when those things in those times get tough, we always in our brains think, did God really love me? We doubt. In our minds and in our thoughts, we're in that spot of, man, if, if God's really with me, isn't things supposed to be really good? We'll talk about that here in just a minute. But that's really a lot of us. It explains a lot of us. But you know what? Even when we doubt God, even in our brains we think he's not there, guess what? He is. Always has been. Always will be. And so he's faithful in our doubts. Psalm 46, 1 through 3 says this, is God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, I will not fear. Though the earth should change and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, that's tragic. Though its waters roar and foam through the mountains quake as it is swelling pride. I like the phrase, a very present help in times of need. In the middle of your doubt, he's faithful. Number three, not only is he faithful in your wandering, he's faithful in your doubts, he's faithful in my chaotic feelings. Yikes. Feelings, a lot of times we listen to more than we should. It speaks a lot to us in this room right now because I think some of us are chasing feelings and believing that if it doesn't feel good, then it must not be good. Or I always got to have, I got to be in the feels in my relationship with God. 
And you go through your days just feeling your way through it, hoping that God may be there or is with you. And those feelings are, some of the times, lying to you. Some of you, you've heard this phrase, and I've said it from this stage multiple times. Our feelings are not great leaders. Our feelings are not great leaders. Y'all, our feelings will <laughs> they'll lead us astray sometimes and get us to believe things that we shouldn't believe. But God is faithful even in the midst of my chaotic feelings. He's always there. He's always constant, even though my feelings just go way back and forth, way back and forth. But we, what we know is true about our God is that he is always constant, always constant, and always faithful. So he's faithful in our chaotic feelings. Number four, he is faithful in my struggle. He's faithful in my struggle. Y'all, life is hard. Can I get an amen? Life is hard. It's tough. And I feel like, although my feelings are not good leaders, I feel like that many times we make it harder on ourselves because we indulge sin in our lives. We allow the evil one to fix to talk about him here in just a minute. We allow the evil one to deceive us, to distract us, to tempt us. And we make it even more harder than we should by giving in to the evil one. And we really bring on the chaos sometimes in our lives because we allow sin to lead us. We allow sin to distract us. We allow those evil fleshly desires to take over. And y'all, when that happens, many times it brings on a persecution. It brings on a suffering that we never wanted or expected. Maybe we wander in our relationships. Maybe we wander in even how we are we should be loyal to the Lord and faithful to God. And we allow sin to creep into our lives. We allow addictions and different uh, opportunities for sin uh, with friends and different peers that pull and tug on us. We allow those kind of voices to distract us. And we bring on the suffering, y'all. We bring it on ourselves. We're not walking in godliness. We're not walking in faithfulness. We're willingly opening our hearts and our lives up to sin and saying, you know what, God, you better make this good. When you willingly did it to yourself, you willingly allowed that sin in your heart and your life. And y'all, here's the beauty of this. This is the beauty of our God. Is that even in the midst of your suffering, even in the midst of your struggle, even when you caused it, He is faithful. And you're like, Steve, that doesn't make sense. Well, welcome to how God works. Sometimes he doesn't make sense. But here's the truth. He's always faithful. He's always kind. He's always loving. He's always patient. Y'all, come on. When we realize how faithful he is, even when we are not, it changes a couple of things about our perspective of him. My heart and my prayer for tonight, this is, I'm honest, putting all cards on the table. My prayer for you tonight is that there, had, there would be an awakening, an awakening in your heart. That there would be something that would trigger something in your heart and your life. 
that you would hear God's word, that you would recognize the presence of God in this moment that would cause you to look away from the sin and there would be an awakening to the reality of who God is as being faithful and true in your life. He always has been. Always has been. And how many of us have been blinded? We have been blinded by our sin. We have been blinded by our rebellion. We have been blinded. Willingly did it to ourselves. We, are, we need to wake up, y'all. We need to wake up. There needs to be an awakening in our heart. And I'm praying that this truth about the character of God will change everything for you. Everything. Because when you realize how faithful he is to you, when you really come to a, a realization that he has always been there, that he has never left you, that he has always been walking with you, that he has always been right around the corner. I wouldn't even say, dare to say, not even a corner. He's been with there with you. And when you realize that, and that his love for you, and his care for you, and his kindness for you, and his faithfulness to you, you would wake up and see everything that he is. And I believe it's going to change a couple of things. So what will it take for you to be faithful to him? Psalm 18.25 says this, To the faithful you show yourself faithful. To those with integrity you show integrity. To the faithful you show faithfulness. So what is it going to take? What is it going to take for you and I to wake up and realize how faithful he is to me and how I, in turn, need to be faithful to him. So what does that mean? How can I do that? I'm going to bounce through these really, really fast, okay? Number one, we trust the Lord with every decision. We're going to trust the Lord. If you're going to be faithful in your relationship with the Lord, you're going to trust him with every decision. Not only to the little things, but the big things too. In all things, you're going to trust the Lord that he is with you. That he's going to never going to leave you nor forsake you. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and all of your strength. Like all of those things. Trust him completely, and he will direct your path. Number two, we walk in obedience. Trust the Lord with every decision. We walk in obedience to God's word. Psalm 25, 10. It's not on the screen, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. The Lord leads you. With unfailing love and faithfulness, all who keep his covenant and obey his commands. Obedience to his, your, our word or his word is absolutely essential for anyone who is going to display faithfulness to God. We trust the Lord with every decision. We walk in obedience to God's word. Number three, one who is faithful is going to depend on the word for guidance and encouragement. You're going to depend on the word for guidance and encouragement. Psalm 1 is a great, some of y'all have memorized Psalm 1. Blessed is he who delights in the law of the Lord. A faithful follower of Christ will delight in the time that we spend with him in his word. Number what, four? There's a confidence to weather any storm. There's a confidence to weather any storm. No one nowhere ever said, with God, you will never encounter a storm. It doesn't say it anywhere in Scripture. 
You're like, Steve, if God's with me, then I should like be smooth sailing. Well, the disciples thought that, but there are several times in, throughout the story with Jesus that Jesus calmed a storm, right? That's a very real thing. No one nowhere ever said, you'll, with God, you will never have a storm. But here's the thing. He's faithful in the storm. My response to that, even when things around me are just chaotic and going crazy, I'm going to keep my eyes on him. I don't understand all the turmoil. I don't understand all these things, but my eyes are on him. There's a confidence that he will get you through. There's a confidence he'll get you through. And the last one, and probably one of my favorite points, is that someone who is faithful watches a sunrise a little bit different. You watch a sunrise a little bit different. And y'all, that's true. When you can look at a sunrise and think, man, how faithful my God is, man, that changes even the, the newness of the day, the new mercies that are there every single time. When things, when we start getting faithful, here's a couple of things that change. One of those is our worship changes. Our worship changes when we recognize his faithfulness. The psalmist David wrote all over the book of Psalms, especially uh, in Psalm 106, verse 1, he says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. David knew that. He experienced the faithfulness of God all throughout his life. And even in all of those experiences that he had, he saw the Lord as being faithful to him. And because of that, he couldn't help but worship. He couldn't help but praise. He couldn't help but lift his hands and yell at the top of his voice how great, how awesome, and how amazing is our God. When we see the faithfulness of God in our lives, we cannot help but praise him. Y'all, he is faithful. He is faithful to you. And I'm praying there's an awakening tonight that our praise might look a little bit different and that we would start to glorify him. The next one, and probably the hardest one, is that even in our faithfulness, there is a great opposition to our faithfulness. And this is where I want to get real. I've been longing to get to this point. And I believe that the evil one has been a distraction already. Because many of you are walking around in the room. My microphone is going nuts. My mind, even right now, is scattered. And I understand full well that there is a deceiver in the room. I'm very aware that the evil one wants to oppose everything that I am saying right now. And he will do everything he can between that speaker and your heart. He will do everything he can to lie to you, even twist the words that I have been saying, and even distracting my thoughts and even yours. Not very many preachers call it out like I do or like I'm fixing to do. Here's the truth, y'all. He has a plan. The evil one has a plan for you. 
just as much as God has a plan for you. And that evil one who is even right now in this room, that evil one is seeking to steal, kill, and destroy. Here's the thing. Jesus recognized the evil one. Jesus called him out so many times. We see it in the, in the different um, places where he encounters demons and he sends them into a pigs and they jump off a cliff. Like, I mean, Jesus interacted with the evil one on a constant basis, even in the garden before he went to be crucified. Get behind me, Satan. There are so many times. Jesus says it in John 10.10. 10. He says the thief, this is who he's talking about, the evil one, comes to steal, kill, and what? Destroy. And I love it because Jesus not only says that in that moment, but he also in the very next breath says, but I have come to give you abundant life. Y'all, there's a great opposition to you being faithful to God. And some of you are allowing sin and the work of the evil one in that sin to erode the faithfulness that you have in the Lord. You're willingly allowing it. Y'all, we're going to talk about this a lot at Catalyst. And I'm going to mention it. I'm going to tip my hand just a little bit. But there is a fight that's going on. There's a fight between the spirit and the flesh. And it's an eternal one. And it's one you can't see, and then there's some that you cannot see. Let me tell you a couple of things. One, I'm, you know what? I'm going to read it. I, I wrote it out so that I would not forget it. But I want... I, this is what I believe about the moment. God's children, that's you. Dearly beloved, you're under attack. Stand firm. Look around you. I'm going to call it out. Ready? See the turmoil and the anguish swirling around you? Fractured friendships, perpetual lies. Sexual pursuits, jealousy, the sin of comparison, feelings of loneliness and rebellion, no desire for the word, much less being around God's people, the uncontrolled tongue. Look around you. See it for what it is. This is the work of the evil one. Deception. Temptation, lies. I want to be real with you. God is not like any of these. Y'all, I know that we are tempted all the time. I know you are tempted all the time. I know that. And sometimes we win it, sometimes we don't. But would you look at, look at it intently? Would you see it? for what it is, the temptation, the deception, and the lies. Would you awaken your heart? Would you awaken your mind? Would you awaken your soul to the realization that he is faithful 
And he is faithful to get you through the temptation. He's faithful to help you understand the truth instead of listening to the lies. He is faithful to reveal his character to you so that you will never be deceived. You will never be twisted in your thinking. That is the work of the evil one. I'm starting to preach now. Hold on. Because I believe that all of us at some point in our lives have encountered the deception of the evil one. And whether we recognized it or not, now is your chance to be awakened to the reality that maybe, just maybe, you have been entertaining the evil one in your life. Maybe, just maybe, you have allowed the sin to creep in to distract you in your faithfulness to the Lord. Maybe you've been listening to other voices you shouldn't be. Maybe you haven't been spending time in the Word. Maybe you haven't been recognizing a sin as a sin because you have justified it in your, in your mind. Oh, it's not that bad. I can still do it. Oh, it's just, man. That is the work of the evil one, y'all. Every single time. There's a great opposition. A great opposition to you being faithful to the Lord. He doesn't want you to be. God is saying, I am faithful. God's children, stand up, stand firm. I will be faithful to fight the fight for you. I will be faithful to stand and fight the battle for you. All you need to do as God's children is to stand up and stand firm and allow him to do the work. Put on that breastplate of righteousness. Put on that helmet of truth. Use the sword of the Spirit. Stand firm against the evil one. See it for what it is and call it out in your life. You know what? Evil, you ain't got me today. That big old catchphrase, not today, Satan, right? We've heard that today. Maybe we start using it, not see it as some cliche. Y'all, I am taking you to deep waters right now. Oh, my gosh. I am taking you to deep waters. Let's go. Don't give in. Fight. Fight. Don't back down. Be wise. Grow up in your faith. Be wise. See it for what it is. Invite the Lord into it. Invite Jesus into it. He will fight that battle for you. Jesus, I'm in the battle right now. I need you. Call it out. Maybe it's in the quiet of your bedroom at night. Maybe when you're alone on the phone and you're scrolling porn. See it for what it is. This is sin. This is the work of the evil one. What am I going to do about the sin that's in my life? If you... Oh, oh, I'm preaching to myself now. Like, if you can't control your tongue, see it for what it is. Y'all, he has bigger plans for you. And it doesn't include sin. God is faithful to show us what is right and what is wrong. Y'all know it. You know it when you do it. You know it. 
He is faithful. I'm going to end it here. I, I know what's happening. In your heart, you're pointing the finger at somebody else. I know what you're doing. In your spiritual arrogance, you are saying, Steve, all the things you're talking about, that ain't me. That's them. You are pointing the finger at someone else, trying to deflect, 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 deflect. Not about me, not about me, deflect. You will most likely, you'll never point the finger at yourself. Your pride won't let you. And that pride is sin. I love what Paul says at the end of Galatians 5. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and those who are believers crucify the flesh. That means we put it to death. And that is a choice that you and I make every single day. We have a chance. We have a choice to choose righteousness or choose sin. And I think it's time for us to look in the mirror and to be honest. I mean, God knows it already. He knows that about you, knows that about me. Y'all, don't point the finger. Don't point the finger right now. Don't. Have an honest gut check. Have an honest heart check. I mean, David says it in the book of Psalms where he says, renew a steadfast spirit in me. Like, look, examine my heart. Look at me. Is there any wayward way in me? And I think that was one of David's probably secrets to success spiritually is that he was willing to say, it's me. It's me causing the sin. I'm at fault. I need to be made right with the Lord. I need to 1 John 1, 9. If I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive me of those sins. Praise the Lord for his faithfulness right there, right? When I'm walking in sin and I see it within me, what's my response? It's not to point the finger. Oh, they have that sin. Oh, ha, ha. I don't have no sin. They do, right? Steve, you're talking about looking at porn, you know, on my phone. I, I don't do that. They do that, right? I don't gossip. They, they gossip. Their mouth is filthy, not mine. Ha, ha. I'm pretty justified. Y'all, that is deception from the evil one. Every single time. time to awaken your heart to the faithfulness of God. And when you realize that, you start recognizing the work of the evil one to steal, kill, and destroy, and you begin to fix your eyes on him, and he becomes the love of your life. He becomes the focus of your life. He becomes the hope that you need in a dark world. He becomes the peace when all things are in turmoil. He becomes my focus. He is my all, and that's what it means to be faithful. 
All this world stuff could be swirling around, but my heart and my mind are fixed on him. I will fix my eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Y'all, that's, that's, that's it. So the final thought, wake up, look around, see the faithfulness of God Almighty. How will you show your faithfulness to God this week? Will you allow him to take root in your life? Repent, believer, of your unfaithfulness. Repent. And I'm not just saying that you need to say, God, I'm sorry for my unfaithfulness. We talked about that last week. No, it is to repent, to change the direction of your life, to change the direction of your feet, and to begin to pursue the Lord. Recognize the unfaithfulness that you, you have had in your heart and life. And now is the time for you to turn and to be awakened to the reality of who God is and the work of the evil one and to begin to pursue him with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength.